Hello, welcome, welcome to, to the Design, Design Base Learning, Learning Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Henry. And uh, we're back here for you to uh, listen to us. So, Henry, what's happening today? First of all, where are we? We're in Wan Chai today. We're where? just about to run into our workshop uh, later on for primary school um, students. Yeah, I know, I know. So, it's, it's exciting to be able to do a quick podcast before going down to do our workshop. Yeah, we were like, we can't let our listener down. We need to make it. So I know, like, uh, Friday is a busy day for us, but we're here. Yeah, yeah. But why are we here today? Why, what we, what we, I don't we know. You're the one, you the one uh, <laughs> giving me problems again, as usual. Yeah, um, in my morning coffee chat again um, yeah. today, I was like, uh, I, did, I went back to a school today to do some observation work. Um, I was in the school for actually two weeks to okay. observe um, how students work collaboratively. Okay. And um, I've realized every time when the teacher gives out a group task, students are struggling to perform that group task. And normally they are not performing mm -hmm. well, they are just in their own little area talk about random stuff they're not doing the task that, that the teacher supposed them to do okay yeah so i was like mike uh, is there anything you can help well you're, it's your classroom you were there i wasn't there so how are they sitting what was the classroom environment like <laughs> they were in islands and rows yeah, a bit like a, islands or rows and yeah, it's a bit like an excel sheet to be honest okay yeah. so they were like you know separated desks and all that yeah they're all isolated in there so how do you think the students felt because of that um, to be fair, I think in an isolated environment, everyone is their own little circle. It's kind of not inviting people to come in and join them in, in that way. Yeah. So when it comes to group collaborative work, like it's super difficult for children to not being able to be in that group dynam yeah. dynamics and to switch the gear to being like talkative or anything, it's super difficult. That's that. right. So if, this, if the kids are in rows and columns, it's very hard to do any yeah, yeah. Um, collaborative work. So better to be an island, right? Where four or five are together. Yeah, well, why, why do you think islands are important, Mike? Well, it, I, I would, well, I would start with the school environment has to support it. So if they're, if they're already working together in different um, uh, classwork, they're more familiar with each other so they can easily share their thoughts and their ideas so they can talk to each other. Yeah, and I think that the, the body, um, body angle as well, when I'm yeah. facing to you, yeah, I'm right. more likely to speak. Or in a 90 degree angle, it's easier for me to have conversation. But if I'm in a, in a row and con, in a row and con it's, I need to shout over to you I know. so they can hear something. So it's not really like I know. provoking any sort of conversations I'm going on. So well, I know this is the uh, typical Hong Kong classroom, though, the rows and columns. Yeah, I wonder why they do that. <laughs> We can talk about it later. It's one word, discipline. Hundred <laughs> okay. percent. So what, hap what happens when they have uh, a group work? I mean, usually when the teacher says group work, are you usually there's only one group leader, right? One guy takes over, and then the rest is listen. Yeah, that's something I observe as well. So um, normally there's a dominant leader in a student group, yeah. probably the smartest one or someone that a teacher's pet, for example. Uh -huh. They really know want to impress. Um, the class and then they will perform that class and then the student will dominate the entire conversation and not allowing others to speak. So that yeah that means only one person is talking in group work so yep. what what do you suggest we fix how do we fix that? There's a tip actually um, okay. that we, we, we have in the design-based learning it's called the 100-100 principle. 100-100 principle okay enlighten me. 100-100 principle means 100% participation rate from each student in a group work. Sounds complicated, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. How, I mean, like we just said, there's a dominant student. Some people don't want to talk. How do you get 100% participation from all the students? They can't all talk at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we're a very noisy classroom, yeah. isn't it? 
so basically, um, if you see a lot of designers, how they work on, on or even design thinkers, yeah. how they work, you will see there are loads of post-its. You can see it from our little yeah. board as well. We use a lot of post-its. Do you know why we use post-its? Why do we use post-its? You tell me. Because post-its is actually a symbolization of a thought of someone. Okay. So when we write something down, it's a piece of thought that is put on the wall. And we can use this technique to provoke that 100%, 100% principle. Okay, so, so you're saying each student has to write at least one post-it note in the group. Yeah, exactly. So when you write things down individually, just think it through what teachers ask them to, to, mm -hmm. to, to discuss about. If they can just write it down, each of them, and they can just share what they learn, okay. what, they, what they want to discuss, and already everyone has an equal chance to speak about what they think about this problem. Good. So then you get some uh, someone putting their thoughts in. So how do you get the group work after that? So basically, let me just give an example okay. on, um, for example, what are the problems in the school, all right, as a design-based learning content, what are the problems are there in school? So what students can do is to pick out three post-its each. On each post-it, write down one problem. Okay. So I've got three post-its and I can share it to you. Be like, hey, Mike, I think that there's three problems mm -hmm. in the school. The first one is we don't have enough tissue in the toilet. <laughs> Two, <laughs> students' behaviors are too naughty, maybe. Okay. Third, the library doesn't have enough books. Okay. So each student will, have, will share their, their, their thinking. So you're saying in a group of five, we'll probably have 15 post-its. Exactly. All right. Okay. So from one dominant leader having one conversation at that time, but now we're provoking 15 conversations All right. already, and everyone has a contribution towards the project. Okay, now what happens next? So you have 15 post-its, that's still not group work. So what's amazing about post-its, it's the visualization of students thinking. Mm -hmm. So teachers, I know that it's super difficult to manage different groups, but when, 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 when kids are visualizing the post-its like how we did now, yeah. you're inviting teachers to come in and, and teachers can see what's happening in there yeah. and provoke conversations. Okay. So what teachers can do as well is to categorize students' post-its into categories. Okay. So from that 15 post-its, you might get three or four themes mm -hmm. of major problems happening in school and teachers can provoke conversations be like, oh, why do you think this is the biggest problem you want to solve? Why is this not an important topic mm -hmm. to solve? And provoking conversations and discussion points with students. Okay, so then you provoke conversations and then what? So there's still not, there seems to be missing a, uh, a goal or an element of some sort. So what do you do next? So basically you need to share the learnings, right? So inviting students to come up it's so much easier when people are visualizing, yeah. students can share with their learnings and then with the class okay. have a so, shared understanding on so what you, they think about so the So you ask each group to like say, okay, what are the top three priorities? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so at 15, you get the top three. Yeah. And then that would be much easier. And everyone feels like they're participating there. Okay. And no students will feel like they're left out in okay. any conversations. And that's the tip, I think, to help teachers to provoke a better dynamics in group work. So use post-its. So what would you tell teachers if they say, well, it's a waste of paper? <laughs> we are contributing for the greater good. <laughs> we, if we can develop that thinking for kids, it can impact them for the future. Okay, okay, good. Uh, so yeah, what's, why, why do you think teamwork is so important well, in teamwork, a DBL class? Teamwork is about um, synergy. It's like bringing the best ideas together. So it's some, um, you may have one idea and I have another idea, but if we combine our ideas, it could be better. Yeah. So um, teamwork, one of the skills of teamwork that we need to encourage and that what DBL does is the one plus one plus one plus one or one uh, that, that is increasing rather than one versus one. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's collaborative. It's collaborative. So, it's so it's one, one plus one rather than if I win, you lose. It's like we we both win. Yeah, yeah. That's a synergy, right? Exactly, yeah. And if we look at the future as well, with the, all the complex problem coming mm -hmm. in, 
it will be getting harder and harder to solve problems for the future. Yeah. And that's why kids need to practice how to, how to be in a team yeah. and how to synergize with their teammates so that in the future when they grow up, they can collaborate and synergize their energy Correct. and do something great for our, for our world. Yeah, yeah, so they work together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Mike, yeah, what, what's the one thing that's important for teachers to be aware of to provoke okay. a group dynamic? To so we're, we're, we're talking as if the group is the class really works well. So, I mean, for you teachers, discipline, I understand, is very important. So make sure you have the discipline procedures in place in your schools and in your class that expectations and behaviors are known and that there are proper consequences. I mean, I assume that's been going on. If you don't solve this first, the next part of collaboration is going to be very difficult. But I'm sure you guys can do it. Yeah. So yeah. So let's do a little recap on what we done, okay. what we talked about today. Um, today we talked about a group dynamic. How do we provoke a better group dynamic for for students? Right. So um, they have to sit together. Sit together in islands, not in their own, not in their own Excel roles. sheets yes. uh, format. And also a hundred hundred participation rate. Correct. Where students can get post-its each and write down about what they think about okay. this problem and they can share it to everyone. And e right. each kid will have an equal opportunity to share. Yeah, that's right. And, and by the way, if you're, if you're environmentally friendly, you don't need to use posters. You can use pieces of paper also and just make sure that Yeah, just get A4 piece of paper, it tear it out into um, eight pieces, and then there's little posters for you. Okay. Environmental friendly. Yes. All right. All right. So I think that's it for today. That's it for today. Episode three. Episode three is done, and we need to go down and run to a workshop right now. All right. See you. See you guys. Bye. Bye.